actress Catherine Heigl, a passionate animal advocate who has saved over 16,000 dogs, says she's been seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. She believes there's a link between canine health and diet. After extensive research, she developed Superfood Complete, a dog food pack with over 30 wholesome ingredients, including superfoods beneficial for your furry friend. Superfood Complete isn't just about deliciousness, though dogs love the taste. It's about supporting overall well-being. In addition to providing a healthy option for your pet, Badlands Ranch, the maker of Superfood Complete, also supports the Jason DeBus Heigl Foundation, which helps rescue countless dogs and find them loving homes. Dogs across America are trying this food and loving it. Go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to BadlandsRanch.com slash MC901 today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When a 911 dispatcher answers the phone, they never know what will be on the other side of the line. In any given day, we can take such a wide range of calls and about subjects that if any of you were to sit with us for a day, you would walk away stunned and in the daze. Not all calls we take are crime related. Not all calls we take are domestic violence or shootings or stabbings. They're not all bar fights. They're not routine medical calls like a fall or a heart attack or someone having trouble breathing. Sometimes it's so fast-paced that even we can't keep up. Some calls are odd to even us. We don't know when they're going to come in or how they're going to come in, what they're going to say when they call us. Sometimes there's a ton of people calling about the same thing. Some things just defy normal logic in general. This is one of them. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. 
She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Nine one one. What's the location of your emergency? There is this a car accident on Lakeshore. Okay, hold on one second. Nine one one. What's the location of your emergency? Um, I am on Lakeshore Boulevard by the Dollar General Store um, by Corduroy Road. There is a tree just fell down, and it looks like there may be on top of a car. I'm not. I can't. Okay. Do you know if anyone's injured? I, I don't know. Okay. Hold on one second. 911, what's the location of your emergency? This is about the tree on the car. This is the occupant inside. Okay, there is someone in the car. I am, I, I, I can try and crawl out. Uh, there's a tree on me. I don't, it, I, there's wires involved, ma'am. Don't get out of the car. Okay, there's, there's some electrical wires. I want you to stay in your vehicle. Are you hurt at all? No, but there's somebody, there's another truck in this on the other side. Okay, we got him on the way. Hold on, don't hang up. 911, what is the location of your emergency? Hi, Lakeshore, near Corduroy, I think, a tree or... A tree? Okay, yeah, we're getting a few calls on that. A pole or something happened. Okay, it's in the road. Is anyone injured? I hope not. My husband's running to the corner now to see if everybody's okay. Okay, and it's a tree? Oh, I don't know. It's something. Oh, everybody's running. I okay. Everybody's okay. Don't hang up. Stay on. Hang up. 911, what is the location of your emergency? Okay. Get open. Um, well, actually, a transformer. It looked like a transformer on a pole hit a truck. So I want him. Where are you at? Um, Lakeshore. I'm at home. We heard it from the house. Okay. Lakeshore Boulevard and where? Uh, Mentor. It's looked right by the dollar store. By the Dollar Tree? No, by the by the Dollar Store on Lakeshore Boulevard. Dollar General. Yes. Okay, and it's near there. What's happening? Can you see? Um, my son ran down there, so. Um. Okay. Uh, it looks like uh, actually, it looks like a tree fell on the vehicle. All right, so I'm gonna copy. Oh yeah, big tree fell on a. A tree uh, by looks, the Dollar General, right? Yeah, it looks like a truck um, fell on a, yeah, it looks like the tree fell on a truck. We heard the big boom, the lights started flashing and went off. Okay. I'm sure someone called, but, okay, I mean, somebody. Much. Okay, I'm sorry, we're getting several calls on this. You're, are you the caller on Heather Hill? Yes. And you're close to the, you're the Dollar General's right in that area as well? Yeah, that one truck is smashed pretty bad. Yeah. It's, can you tell, are they out of the vehicle? No, the one guy's stuck in on No, good. I, I, I had one female trying to get out. I told her to stay in. We have fire and police on the way. Hey, she's, she's on the one going eastbound. The one going westbound got smashed really bad. Okay. I don't know if they're going to make it. They're on the way. All right, thank you. Thank you.
Okay, ma'am, I'm just checking. Are you involved in the accident? I am inside one of the vehicles, yeah. Okay, and you're not injured. We have help coming. Yeah, there's all kinds of people here trying to help. Okay, are you are you trapped in your car? No, I just, well, I'm sort of, I'm moving around. Um, are you able to stay? Do you feel... Do you feel safe staying put until our help arrives, just to make sure you're safe? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, they're right here. They're right there? They're coming. Okay. Well, Confirm your phone number for me. Actually, I hear sirens. Okay, so hang on one second. Hang on. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Oh. My whole life here is like... Yeah. Shelly, is anyone in the car with you? Is anyone in the car with no. you? No. My husband was able to get out. That's just me moving the stuff around in my vehicle. Sorry. No, no. I just want to make sure you're safe and you're okay. Oh, I'm all right. Okay. Do you see the help coming, Shelly? Do you see the help coming? I hear sirens. Okay. They're getting close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see him. I see him. I see him. Do you feel safe if I disconnect? Yes, we're fine, honey. Okay, Shelly. Take care. As I said before, some of these things are just complete and total freak accidents. This is no different. This happened in a suburb just outside of Cleveland, Ohio, during a windstorm. Can you imagine just driving down the road, doing whatever, and a tree falls on your truck, or your car, or your minivan? This was nobody's fault. It was something that likely could not have been prevented. And from all accounts, the emergency crews on the scene did everything they could to save everyone there. Unfortunately, a 26-year-old man died because of it. Everyone else got out with relatively small injuries. Now, there's a few things I wanted to point out about this call. Obviously, this is something that does not happen every day in every jurisdiction, every 911 center. You just don't get calls like this very often. In Nashville, we've had several calls about trees falling on vehicles. Most of the time, they're unoccupied. Say they're parked on the street and they have a you know, a few mature trees that are right there next to the street and there's a storm comes through and a limb falls or maybe even the whole tree falls. But it's usually just on parked cars. It's rare that anyone's actually inside of them. So back to the dispatch end of it, as you could tell, it sounds like this is a smaller agency. I only really heard two dispatchers on this going back and forth with their calls. And as you could tell in the background, the phone never stopped ringing. This is like this almost anywhere, even in a big city. They're just outside of Cleveland. But directly in Nashville, Cleveland, any big city like that, if you have a wreck or something like this, anybody that's close by is going to pick up their phone and call. That's what happened here. Luckily, they were able to talk to the person that was actually inside and give her a little bit of comfort and you know try to reassure her until the emergency crews got out there. So they were able to get somebody out of the vehicle. Sounds like probably a couple out of the other vehicle. Something else that I really wanted to point out too, though. I hear this all the time at work. Everyone else that I work with probably hears the same thing. One of the callers says, I'm close to the dollar store. The dollar store. 
is there anywhere in America that's called the dollar store? Because I don't think there is. There may be somewhere. I'm not sure. But someone that says the dollar store always means something else. There are two major ones in America. Dollar General and Dollar Tree. Both of them are smaller discount stores, but believe it or not, I believe both of them are Fortune 500 companies, meaning they're one of the top 500 richest companies in America. There are a lot of them. They're everywhere, especially down here in the South, and I'm sure probably just about everywhere else, too. Almost every neighborhood has one. So when you call in and say, the dollar store, that's not enough for us. At least narrow it down as to which dollar store you're talking about. Are you talking about Dollar General? Or are you talking about Dollar Tree? The sign is right in front of you. The store is right in front of you. Say Dollar General. Say Dollar Tree. Say one of those two. It helps so much. It's going to make everything a lot quicker. And that's very specific for this. This applies to any call. If you have to call the police or the ambulance or the fire department, anything like that, if you have to call us for anything and you're next to a business, just look at the name of the business. Don't say I'm next to the market. It's right there. Just take a look over and tell me what market you're at. If you're at the Quick Sack, the Grand Slam market, the Stop and Go, the 7-Eleven, tell me the name of the market. Tell me the name of the gas station. Just tell me what it is. Tell the dispatcher what it is. Generally, if we were to say, I'm at the corner market over here off of 8th, that's going to take us forever. We're either going to have to find the address ourselves, narrow it down between a half a dozen markets that are off of 8th, or continue our questioning and try to get the caller, who a lot of times are uncooperative, to get the actual name of the place or the address or actual cross streets. It's not always easy. But if you have the frame of mind that you can actually do this, just tell us what the name of the closest store is to you. Believe me, these are not ridiculous questions we're asking. This helps get responders there a lot faster. Our next call is actually a pretty long call. I'm going to play the entire thing, just because it really kind of needs to be heard. As with previous calls... I'm not going to give you any info on this. Just like you're in the call taker seat. Phone's ringing. And this is what you hear. Well, what was your emergency? I'm at Torfit Stone, Orlando, which is on 7th Avenue. I just had my leg amputated by a bailer. I need a 911 assistance immediately, please. You just had your leg amputated by a bailer? Yes, ma'am. This is not a joke. I'm going to die. I'm going to bleed to death. I'm afraid. Please. Okay. Where, where, are you, where are you again? Tell me where Murphy you are. Murphy Stone. Murphy Stone. Murphy Stone? Yes, ma'am. It's a recycling place on 7th Avenue. 7th Avenue. It's in OBT. 7th Avenue. OBT. It's 7th Avenue and Recycle Boulevard. Okay. Hold on. Hold on for the paramedics first. Ma'am, I'm going to die. Hold on. Please help me. Tell the name of that company. I'm trying to find an address for them. It's Murfit, S-M-U-R-F-I-T. Oh, Hello, this fire department. What's the address you're working sir? We're trying to find it. Spell, spell that company again. 
My legs. You, I am okay. educated by a bailer. I'm sorry, sir. I didn't hear you. What was it? My legs. I've been amputated uh -huh. by a bailer, sir. On a, ba on a bailer, and where are you located at, sir? Murphy Stone, 7th Avenue and Recycle Boulevard. 7th Avenue and Recycle? Yes, sir. Are you there by yourself, sir? No, sir, I'm not, but no one's hearing me. And I'm really losing blood, sir. I'm going to okay. die. All right, sir. You're at Recycle Center Drive? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, and 7th Avenue. And what business are you at, sir? Moffitt Stone. Moffitt Stone? Smurfit, S-M-U-R-F-I-T. Smurfit? Yes, sir. Okay. And do you have anything there you can control the bleeding with, sir? Sir, I have nothing, sir. Okay. What's the phone number you're calling from, sir? My cell phone, 407. Okay. Is your leg, are you or your leg still stuck in the machine, sir? I am out. My leg is down in there. It was under. It was at my ankle, sir. Okay. Is it is it above the knee, below the knee? Below the knee. It was at my ankle, sir. Okay. And uh, how old are you, sir? I'm 20, sir. 20. Yeah. Um, we're we're is there people on the way? Yeah, they're on the way, sir. But do you have anything at all you can use to control the bleeding, even if you have to take your shirt off? I have my jeans wrapped up around it, sir. Okay. You don't have a tie. It is a tourniquet. You just have you're holding pressure to it, right? Right. Okay. We're coming as fast as we can. I'm going to stay on the phone with you, sir. Sir, I think I'm going to pass out. Okay. Could you please That's do fine. me a favor? If I give you a phone number, can you call my mother? What is that number, sir? 407. Sorry, I'm sorry. That's my cell phone. Can you please okay. tell her I said I love her? I'm not going to die on her, but I love her anyways. Can you please tell her that? Yeah, we're coming, sir. You're not, and every, everything's going to be a while. Okay. Everything's going to be okay, okay? We're around all the time. Yeah, that's you're also on around. Yes. Okay, we're coming as, far, coming as fast as we can. I want you to control the bleeding, sir, with your one hand, okay? Yes, sir. I'm controlling it, sir. Okay. Where on the property is this machine located? When you come in, uh -huh. you're going to go straight. You're going to see a building, but you keep going. You're going to see a big blue baler. Uh -huh. Sir, I'm in the middle of that bailer. I'm not moving. Okay. Sir, how much blood do I have to lose before I die? Um, I don't know, sir, but that's fine. Just just hold that shirt. Just continue to hold that shirt on there. Sir, I'm going to die. No, you're not, sir. My mother is going to... I'm not going to die from this. My mother is going to kill me. Okay. We're, we're coming, sir. We're coming. Have you called my mother? I haven't called her, sir. We will call her. Okay, thank you very much. We're coming Can I ask if anybody else has called in from this location? Because I'm just curious if any of my coworkers have called. I don't see any other calls, sir. That's great. <laughs> I love these guys. Okay. Sir? Yeah, I'm here, sir. What is, what is your name? My name's Chef, sir. I love you, dude. Okay, we're coming you as fast as we can. Sir, uh, just, we're coming as fast as we can. Just keep talking to me and use your other hand to uh, continue to control that bleeding, okay? Can you, please, can you please play with me, Lord? Can you please play with me? Okay, go ahead, sir. Dear Lord Jesus, Lord, I bring you all my sins I've ever committed, Lord, and I love you so much. 
please don't let me die, but if I do die, Lord, please let me go to the good place. I know I've done so much shit in my life, Lord. I've done so much, but Lord, please just let me be okay. And if I'm not okay, let me live in heaven with you. Please be with my mother, keep her strong, because I know she's not going to be happy. God, please let me get through this. Sir, I don't hear an ambulance or anything. Sir, they're coming as fast as they can, sir. Are you sure you have the right address? It's in Orlando. It's off of OBC in that area. Yeah, you're down off of um, Lance Street Road, Matt. Yes, sir. Okay, we're coming as fast as we can, sir. We're coming as fast as we can. Are they going to have painkiller for me? Sir, yeah, if you're going to need it, they're going to they're going to give you whatever you need, sir, okay? Sir, I think I'm going to throw up. Empty, we're on scene. Okay. okay. You're on the scene, SO? Yes. Okay. Please don't let me you, die. Well, you're not going to die, sir. How are you doing with your uh, with the control and the bleeding? It's pretty much stopped, but I don't okay. know how much longer I can keep my hand okay. good, sir. Well, what, that's fine. I understand because you're probably feeling faint, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, uh, that's why I want you to continue to talk to me. Okay? That'll Are take your mind off here now? They're coming. To, they're just around the corner from you. Okay. Right. What what I want you to do is I want you to continue to continue to hold that pressure on there, even though you said the bleeding has stopped. Okay. Sir. Yes, sir. I forgot about my dad. My my dad, my stepdad. He adopted me. Mm-hmm. Can you please tell him I love him too. Yes, sir. What is your name? My name is John. John. Yeah, John okay. Maynard. M A Y N A R D. Okay. So I'm gonna get so fucking fired. FDA, uh, sir. Uh, FDA, yes, I hate to interrupt. Uh, the sheriff's office. We we can't find him in the recycle center. Where about are you? Okay. He said he's all the way in the back behind. Sir, John, you're right. You're behind the building at the big blue machine, right? I'm in the blue machine. Yes, sir. Did you copy that, SO? Yeah. Right behind the building. Okay. Near a big blue machine. Big blue machine. Yes. Okay. It has a. It has sails all around it, maybe a forklift out front, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's pretty gruesome in here, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, no, I understand, I understand. There's, the police are there now looking for you, okay? Sir, I'm going to pass out. Okay, no, I want you to keep talking to me. You're going to be fine. Hello? They're coming, John. John, they're coming. They're coming, John. Yes, John. John, stay with me. I'm such a Z right now, Sue. I'm sorry, what's that, John? Hi. I'm here, John. Stay with me. Sir? Yes, sir. You're my hero. They're coming. That's fine. You're my fucking hero, dude. Do you hear somebody? Do you hear somebody there now, John? I hear somebody in the background. That's my coworker, Richie. Okay, did he just find? Okay, so yeah. he just found you. John. Yeah. Your coworker just found you, right? Yeah, he just found me. Okay, tell you is he still there with you? No, he wants to get the police. Okay. Okay, sir. Yes, that's I fine. Love, I love everybody. Okay, they're coming. They're coming as fast as they can. 
John, you're going to be okay. We're going to help you. They're, they're coming. They're, John, they're coming as fast as they can. I'm fixing the dancer. I'm sorry, John. Sir? Yeah, we're here. I'm here, sir. Are you okay. there? Yes, I'm, I'm here. Police. You're talking to the police right now? Yes, sir. Okay. That's good. Gonna... Sir, I'm, sir, I'm, go I'm John. Oh, it is in my pocket. Okay. Sir? Yes, sir. Are you talking to me or the police, John? I'm talking to both of you. Okay. Am I going to go to jail for this? I don't know. I don't... I got... Sir? Hey, John. John. Yes, sir. Yes, all right. Sir, what, I, all right. Uh, what I need you to do, uh, is there one police officer there with you or two? What? Is there one police officer or two there? How many police officers are there? This is a bailing machine, sir. I'm on the phone. Yes, sir. Okay, sir. He's telling me I can hang up with you now. You're gonna hang up with me? Okay. Yeah. He's All right. Telling me. All right. We're gonna. We can disconnect now, sir. All right, John. They're gonna take. They're gonna take good care of you. Okay. Can you? Yeah, I will take care of calling your mother. I'm gonna write you a letter and send you flowers. Okay, John. I'm gonna I'm gonna take care to call, take, call your mother. Okay. Sir, actually, yep. it might be smarter to call my dad because my mom will probably pass out. Okay. What is your mother, your dad's phone number? Okay. I'm gonna hang up with you. Sorry. Can you call my mom? Sorry, I gotta go. Okay, that's fine. John, what's your dad's name? All right, so something new for the show is we actually have the the victim of this uh, this accident that happened. We're joined right now by Johnny Maynard. He was actually the one that you heard in the call. First off, I'd like to thank you for being on the show. Uh, it's incredible to have somebody that was you know actually a part of this to be on the show, especially you. That's beyond incredible. Yeah, no, absolutely. I uh, I appreciate the offer to be on the show. So thank you. Oh yeah. And uh, you, um, you have an incredible story just from just obviously this, but past that is even more, I know. Um, but let's just kind of go with the start. So I'm sure everybody wants to know, like, how did this happen? How did this start from the from the get-go? Um, well, I bet my friend that uh, I could get in and out without it getting me, and uh, I lost the bet. So, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so... I worked at a bailing machine at um, Smurfit Stone, which, uh, looking back, you know, I thought Smurfit Stone was a really cool name. I thought it was like, uh, yeah, I work at Smurfit Stone. But when you're trying to say that on a 911 call, it's probably the worst company you could ever work for. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I was the um, I was the lead bailer. And uh, so I worked the overnight shift. It was a three-man crew. It was myself, a forklift operator who would take the empty bales off of the bay and bring them out to the dock. And then it was the front-end loader operator, and he would basically be the one that pushed the raw material onto the feeding belt for my baler machine. And it would just be the three of us alone for the whole shift. Um, we, we ran the plant. And uh, so my machine was, you know, really high-quality machine. It wasn't um, anything necessarily bad about the machine itself, but uh, the plant manager that uh, worked for Smurfit Stone, he had gone in and removed some safety features from the machine in order to kind of help it move um, a little bit, like the production move a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. um, there was some safety sensors 
that would occasionally, which, um, I mean, we were talking very occasionally, um, they'd get triggered by a piece of cardboard and it would like set off the, the emergency stop or there would be like a lever here or there that was supposed to be there that would just get triggered. And um, so he moved these out of the way. We didn't even know they were supposed to be there because they were removed before any of us ever got hired. And um, and so, you know, we're just running like normal business, like normal. And it's a Friday night and uh, it's raining. Whenever it rained, uh, it was really difficult to run the machine because you ran it based on um, like configurations. The machine would tell you when the when the hopper was full, if the um, loading sh- like uh, belt was full, etc. And it went off of weight. But when it's raining, all the cardboard's wet. It's hard to really gauge the weight. So I would do it by eye, and uh, I, I overloaded my hopper. Um, I, I didn't eye it up right, and it ended up causing the machine to jam. And uh, I, I knew it was by looking at it, I could tell right off the bat this was going to be a big jam. Like this wasn't something I could fix in a few minutes. Um, found out later it was actually a piece of heavy duty car, um, corrugated cardboard that went through. And that had actually uh, been the, the actual piece that really jammed it up. But uh, so I sent my two coworkers on break. Um, I told them, you know, this is going to take me at least a half an hour. No point in y'all standing around for half an hour twiddling your thumbs while I'm doing this. And then we were due for a break anyways, and you know, then go on break for half an hour. I said, you guys kill your break. I'll work through my break. I'll take care of this. I'll, I'll get done right about the time you're getting back. So I, um, I did send them away, which is why in the call, um, it does appear like I'm alone. But um, there are two other people at the plant. They're just way on the other side of the property. Um, we used to use the forklift basically we used those to drive around because the property was so big so they were way out of earshot and uh, i proceeded to do my job breaking the the jam and i did have safety procedures followed i was locked out and tagged out um anybody in the field knows what that that means you know you're basically um locking the machine so that it cannot be turned on you bleed the line get all the excess energy out all electricity so i followed all safety procedures uh and while I was in there, just the uh, machine started itself back up again. And then because a lot of these like safety switches and things had been removed, there was nothing I could do to turn it back off from inside. So uh, I was basically inside the machine while it was coming back on and beginning to, to, to run. And that's where uh, I ended up, you know, while inside the machine, I ended up getting my leg caught on the ramp. And it was just above your uh, ankle, correct? Yep, it was uh, originally, it was above my ankle um, and then slightly below my shin, uh, but it ran jagged. So from my perspective, it was right above the ankle, but once they were actually able to clean me up, I actually, um, it broke my leg up a substantial, probably about an extra three or four inches up above that at the scene, and then they had to amputate more at the hospital to clean it up. Yeah, and, and in the, the moment with the, when you're actually on the phone call, you you really didn't think you were going to make it, did you? Uh, no, I did not. Um, in that moment, uh, I was bleeding quite profusely, and I did not think there was any chance I was going to survive. Um, it was pure coincidence that this happened on Friday, and that Monday or Tuesday we had actually just watched the safety video, um, specifically about Baylor safety, and uh, one of the scenes was it was a, a graphic. It wasn't actual footage, but it was of somebody getting crushed by a baler. And then they said, statistically, um, 
it was like less than 0.5% of people that come into direct contact with bail with um, ramming bales will ever survive. And um, so I, I had that in my head that I was about to be another statistic on a safety video. I had no doubt in my mind that I was going to die. Well, well, you know, the call itself was, it was a little over 11 minutes long. Now, as far as, you know, the response from the, the fire department and uh, paramedics, being that it took 11 minutes, the the national average is a little bit lower than that. Is this uh, factory that you worked at, was this kind of an outlying area or was it just a little bit harder for them to find or did any question like that ever come up? So, yeah, um, I actually have been fortunate enough to stay friends with a lot of the people involved in the call. Um, you can hear a girl at the very beginning of the call. Um, you can hear the dispatcher, his name was Jeff, and then also the responding officer who found me. Um, his name is Chris. I stayed friends with all of them, and that is something I've asked each of them at some point. And I was like, well, I'm not trying to come at you like, where the hell were you? But, you know, what was taking so long? Because I was in a somewhat remote area, but I was still out off of, um, you know, I was in Orlando. I was out off of Orange Blossom Trail, which uh, it's it's a really busy area in the touristy section. But I was on the industrial side of it. But still, you know, I was remote, but I wasn't like out in the boonies. And uh, I ended up finding out that a lot of factors were working against me that night, which I did not know about in the in the moment. Um, I knew my address was something to do with Recycle Boulevard, um, but what I didn't know was that I was specifically on Seventh Avenue and Recycle Boulevard was up the road. Um, I knew that uh, I worked at Smurfit Stone, but I didn't realize that the property's name was WSI because Smurfit Stone rented it from WSI. Okay, yeah. So they were they couldn't find the business. Um, the next thing was when the officer actually walked in, or not walked in, but drove in. Um, like I said, my two coworkers were on break so far away they didn't even realize that I was injured. So they were just eating dinner and smoking a cigarette, and the officer pulled in, looked around, said, "Wow, nothing looks." You know, up, up, nothing, looks like nothing's wrong here. Yeah. And he turned around and left and they didn't think anything of it. So there was just a lot of factors. And, um, the officer actually told me that it was only because I had mentioned later in the call a big blue machine. And he remembered having seen that kind of off in the, the plant that he even came back, but he still wasn't even sure if he was in the right spot. Yeah. See, stuff like that. I've, uh, you know, I've, uh, I, as, a lot of people know I've been in the 911 industry for a little bit over 20 years. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things I try to really push through the people. If you, if you're in an employee place, remember what the address is. I understand if you, you know, just start somewhere, it's, it's kind of hard to remember, but if you try to, if you can just get that in your head, just the exact address, it helps everybody. Cause you, you never know when something like this happens. Obviously it was not something you were planning on happening that night. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and I would definitely say that too, because in the moment I was like, I was, I was aware that my address was something in that general, you know, vicinity and I, I knew recycle and, but yeah, if I had been able to give them a more specific address, they wouldn't have had to kind of triangulate off of me, which is what was also taking some time for them to even get a general idea of my area in the first place. Yeah. So. The, the 911 technology, depending on where you're at, it's, it's not always the most accurate. It's not that quick sometimes, but it's, it's a whole lot better than it was 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, what was your, uh, recovery time? Like how long did it take you to get past all this and like, what kind of surgeries did you have to have? 
Okay, so um, the surgery that night ended up being uh, somewhere between like four to six hours. Um, it wasn't a super long surgery because it was basically just cleaning me up and making me uh, making me stable. Uh, and I was out of surgery like mid mid um, like well, I think I came out around midnight. So I was in surgery for probably about four and a half hours. Um, but then I was only in the hospital for four days, which was, uh, remarkably fast. That actually uh, is very surprising. I, that's, <laughs> yeah, have your leg amputated yeah. and four days later, you're out. That's incredible. And that was, um, I mean, I didn't really know what to expect when I was in, in the hospital. And like I said, you know, in the, in the call, I even say my amputation was at my ankle. I didn't realize the extent of the injury. Uh, so when I came out of surgery and I looked to see what was missing, and I saw that I had pretty much from my knee down was missing, and I remembered only my foot. I thought for sure I'm going to be in here for months. I'm, I'm probably not going to ever get, you know, to walk again. But they released me in four days. They had me stable. Um, they already had me set up with the prosthetist who had already shown me potential legs that I could have and kind of got my spirits up. And um, I ended up not using that company. We ended up going to a different company who then actually had me up and in my first leg uh, 10 weeks to the day from my accident. So um, even that from the um, just the time of the accident, the time of walking was was really quick. So um, in general, my, my recovery was was very fast. And that was very fortunate because that's not how it normally works. So yeah, and your uh, recovery in general, you have gone way past that a lot of people that would have something like this happen to them they would just pretty much sit back and, you know, think, Oh, well, I'm just going to be in a wheelchair the rest of my life or whatever like that. You've taken it on and, and just ran with it literally. Haven't you? I did. Um, and you know, I'd love to say that it was just cause I was like this determined guy that nothing was going to get me, you know, hold me back. But there was, there was that, but also part of it was stubbornness. Um, I had a girlfriend at the time who kept telling me to make sure that I prepared myself for how long my recovery was going to be. Um, my parents kept telling me, you know, just be patient. This is going to be a process. And I kept saying, no, I'm going to be walking by Thanksgiving. And I kept saying all these things. And as I was going through um, physical therapy, I had home therapy and I was beginning to realize the gravity of my situation. I didn't want to be the one to admit that I had set goals a little bit too high. So I kept pushing and it all played into to working out that um, I did, though. They, they put me in my first prosthetic. 10 days in and I was determined to get up and walk and they told me that, you know, okay, well, you can only wear your prosthetic for a couple hours for the first couple days. And, uh, I was like, no, I'm going to wear it all day. And so I did, I wore my prosthetic for about, I think it was like 14 hours for the first time. And I will admit by that night I was struggling to walk because I had really overdone it and I ended up swelling my my stump up so bad that I couldn't put my prosthetic back on again for about five more days. And then once I got it back on, I, I had to accept, you know, gradual usage of it and, and wean into not just being in a wheelchair, but actually using my muscles and get, get it used to that. But, um, once I actually got walking again, then, and I realized like, this is it, this is it. I'm walking. I'm, I'm good. I'm not in a bed. I'm not in a wheelchair. I'm walking. Then I did go to just, the mentality of, um, what can I do next? What can I relearn now? And so then, yeah, I did. I started, started running. I started rock climbing again. Um, I went back onto, um, mountain biking. 
Uh, we have some really good, we don't really have mountains in Florida, but we have mountain bike trails. Oh yeah. And, um, I love them, you know, and, and I was doing like all that again. And the funny thing was like, as I was learning things that were difficult for like most amputees, I was doing that no problem. But then I was struggling on little things. Like I couldn't walk on grass for months. I just couldn't get my footing. And so, I mean, it was one of my neighbors didn't have a, a driveway. You just parked in their yard and um, I couldn't ever walk to their front door. They had to come out and get me. But meanwhile, I could go strap on a running leg and go run a 5K, no problem. So I did have like ups and downs and I live in Florida. I go to the beach all the time. It took me forever, like even still to this day, 10 years later, occasionally I'll struggle with it to walk on the loose sand. Um, I can walk on the hard packed sand, but you get to like the sugar sand. I struggle even to this day. Sometimes I'm on the beach and uh, my girlfriend will have to put her hand out and kind of help steady me as we're walking. But for the most part, yeah, I was able to overcome a lot of it and just make really good strides and get to where I wanted to be in a very quick manner. So that worked out. That, yeah, just in, in general, it's incredible. I mean, you know, what you've been through, how you, how far you've come and, and truth be told, it's a couple of those things you were mentioning. It's something I've never even thought about before, you know, like walking on grass and, you know, walking on loose sand or, or hard sand. It's, it's just not something that, I mean, it's something that, you know, we take for granted, I guess, more than anything. No, absolutely. I never would have thought that grass would be a problem, but, um, it's just, it's, it's such a different consistency than hard concrete or pavement. So yeah, I couldn't quite get my footing and I, I felt so ridiculous stumbling around the front yard, but yeah, it, it's something you realize very quickly just how much you took for granted when you suddenly have to start working for things that a year before you just did without even thinking. Yeah. Uh, no thought about it at all. Uh, you know, like I've, I've got family down in Florida, go to the beach, you know, at least once or twice a year and, it's just something I've never given a thought to. Yep. Oh. And, and it definitely, um, some people would, would argue that it, it hampers your, your enjoyment because um, things that were fun before now are a little bit more work. But I kind of feel like in a way it heightens your enjoyment because you become um, more grateful for everything that you're doing because it makes you really realize just how lucky you are to still be doing it. So, um, when it is hard to walk on the beach, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It, it could be frustrating and sometimes it is frustrating, but at the same time, it just makes me really reflect on the fact that I'm lucky to be at that beach right now. And I'll look at my girlfriend when we're walking on the beach and I'm like, I'm lucky to be here to even be in this position to be on the beach with her. So yeah. you know, it, it really depends on how you look at it too. Well, I'm, I'm super glad that everything worked out for you on this, this, uh, you know, the call start to finish, it was just. It was, you know, edge of your seat type stuff, something, something you don't want to listen to, heart wrenching. It, it really checked all the boxes as far as an hour one call goes. So I'm really, really glad that you have made it through it, have, you know, prospered from this. It seems like everything's going, you know, pretty well for you now. So I'm really glad for that. Yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad too. Um, yeah, things are definitely, um, definitely doing a lot better than I, I probably would have imagined that they would be back when I was still in the hospital. So yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'm very lucky, very fortunate to be where I'm at now. Well, uh, thank you for, uh, again, for being on the show and everything and, and letting everybody know. Cause like I said, this is the first time we've actually had someone on the other end of the microphone, you know, the other end of the telephone, essentially on a show like this. And it's, it's been really incredible talking to you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I, I appreciate you having me on the show. It's, it's awesome 
be able to be a part of this experience and to kind of tell my side of the story. Everybody hears the 911 call, but I love it when people can kind of hear what happened afterwards and kind of get to know me a little bit as well as my call. Now, have you got any type of uh, social media or something like that, that that people, if they wanted to continue, you know, following, following you, anything like that, they can do? Yeah, um, I have my uh, YouTube, of course, my uh, YouTube.com forward slash crew 90, um, C-R-E-W, number nine, the letter T. Um, I do amputee related material on there because I do help out other amputees who are um, still kind of finding their way in this world because you do just kind of get thrown into it. But then I also have um, material that's just my everyday life. I do vlogs and stuff like that. Um, and then I have um, more frequently updated is my uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Johnny Crew 90. And that's more of an inside look to my actual life. I post daily photos on there, photos from what I'm doing, um, as well as just communication with the community. So yeah, I have both of those. Well, I will uh, drop links in the show description to where everybody can go straight through. And like I said, thank you once again for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So I guess that'll about do it for this episode. want to remind everybody, if you wanted to get with us off the actual episode itself, join us on our various social media. On Facebook, you can do a search for Music City 911, and you'll actually have two that come up now, the normal Facebook page as well as the podcast discussion. The Facebook page will give you some insight into the newest episodes coming out, any type of messages we have, and then then the podcast discussion is more of a, if you wanted to post anything, any questions, anything like that, we'll get around to them and we'll answer anything you can between me or any of the other dispatchers that are there on the page. Also check us out on Twitter and Instagram at MusicCity911. And consider donating to the show just to help out with daily upkeep and such like that over at patreon.com. Patreon.com slash Music City 911. For Music City 911, I'm Brandon Hall. Hope you all have a good one.